Welcome to the wandering musings of AJ and A-Ray. Two Mamas After Dark. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome, welcome. Sorry, I was adjusting my watch. <laughs> I didn't see the cue. <laughs> I love you. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> it was cutting off my circulation. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> I'm on. <laughs> I love it. How are you? I'm good. So, spilling the tea? Yeah. It's time to spill the tea. What are you thinking? What are you drinking? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How's your week been? It was busy, but not as busy as the last few weeks have been. So I, I will take it. I'm alive, survived. Good job. And I'm feeling pretty good. I'm drinking my ass cold water. Me too. I have water. I had a breakfast smoothie. That's why. I was mm. like, I, I don't think I can do anything else that's <laughs> not water. <laughs> I love it. But uh, we closed our show. How's it Last feel? Last night, it's a bittersweet. It's always bittersweet because you're like, oh, good, I can get onto other projects. But then at the same regard, you're like, oh, these people that I've made connections with for the past three months, etc. Yeah. I'm not going to see them as much. I'm still going to see them. They still do stuff at the theater. But you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They have their projects that they're working on. So. But you get somewhat of your life back. Yeah, so... You get three week to four nights of your week. Back. This week and next week, <laughs> the boys are helping me clean down in the basement. And we're That's like, a project. We're going to move boxes, go through boxes, set up like a storage place for all of the theater stuff, put up the greenhouse in here so I can put my baby plant seedlings in there. Uh then we have to clean out our window wells because they're gross. It's been winter. And just in time to do that for my parents that are moving up here. <laughs> Woohoo! Yay! You've got this. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, we're doing good. Did they close on their house? Uh, they are closing. Okay. They haven't closed yet. They have, I think it's all, pretty much all of this. It's weird because they didn't put down or go under contract at the beginning of January. It was like in the middle. So they're over in the middle of February. Oh, so it's like a weird time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then originally they, people that were buying said that they could be out like the first week of March, but then they found that they would have to pay extra for the rent that they were doing. So they asked if it would be okay. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, on my end, they have movers. <laughs> yeah. They're paying for um, a moving company to take oh, good. all of that stuff. I, they were like, well, I think we should have people just come and do it. And I was oh, like, no. No, no, no. I said, I'm too old to do that. Listen, no. if I ever move again, I'm saving up my money so that I can hire movers. Because I, I hate moving. Oh. It's... We did it's that when we moved from work. from down north or not north south. south. <laughs> I'm like, where am I? I was like, wait a minute, where did you wait? Wait, wait. 
up here to north. Yeah. Um, we did it. And we were like, why didn't we do this before? But yeah, no, I told them. I said, I'm too, I know that I'm too old to move my whole house. And I know because of that, that you're way too old to move your own house. So just pack up, leave the box where it is. He was cute. He was like, um, well, do I need to move it anywhere? I said, no. <laughs> if it's too heavy, leave, leave it. it in the middle. Yep. They'll pick it up for you. Um, my suggestion is pack your box where you need it. Then it's there. They'll I'm like, we had like four people who had the muscles because they did it every day, moving all of our stuff into our house when we moved up here. And it was great. They besides driving. It only took them like maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes to unpack the two trucks that we had. Holy cow. Because we had to load up um, Spot's storage units too because he had a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. in storage. And now I have double of everything slowly going through. And I'm like, <laughs> what do I do with this? Uh, does somebody want this? <laughs> okay, take it to the eye. It's always fun merging two households. <laughs> Which is hilarious because we've been together for, what, seven years now? Yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad that they are finally moving up here closer to you. It's about time. Awesome. Yeah. Um, On to our musings. Let's listen to some musings. Quotes, poems, short stories, inspirational, uplifting news, and of course, hippy-dippy astrology. AJ, you have a quote for us. I do. I've got a little poem. It is by, and I am so sorry to this woman because her last name is a mouthful. <laughs> She's a holistic health and embody, embodiment coach and joyful living educator. Her name is Krista O'Reilly Davi Degu, D-I-G-U-I. Sure. <laughs> Sounds good I to me. I'm so sorry. When um, I found this and I really loved it, it says Fear is loud and bossy, but you must learn to challenge. She can be vicious at times. And the worst of it is that she often mingles truth with fiction. The story she feeds, you get to be the boss of your thoughts. You can learn to question whether or not everything she tells you is truth, whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Since you have done the work to deepen self-awareness and self-compassion, when she throws you all your past failings in your face, you won't crumble because you already know you are imperfect and you are beautiful and resilient and worthy of building a thoughtfully crafted life. I like that. I like the part where it says um, she can be vicious at times. I mean, I don't like that part, but it's true. And the worst of it is that she often mingles truth with fiction. Um, for me, I believe fear is part of the ego. Not you, but part of your ego. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about like when they're like, oh, that person is egotistical. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like your preconceived defaults, everything is under that ego and isn't your soul 
core you. Um, and that is what your ego does is if you feed it, giving into the half truths and etc., it gets bigger, right? But if you say, I hear you, I acknowledge, but I don't believe that, and you turn it away, it gets smaller and it diminishes. And then your fear diminishes and your, uh, I don't want to say self-hate, but like the judgments that you put on you are are smaller and and things like that, which is easier to do than it sounds, number one. But number two, it's easier to do when you are well-rested, when you feel optimal, when you're, you know, trucking it down the road, all healthy and ready to go. It's harder when you have, like, your chronic uh, ailments that you're battling and you're exhausted, all of those things. So it's... Always a conscious effort, but it's even more so when you have more obstacles to get through. My favorite part of that is the part where it says, you are beautiful and resilient and worthy of building a thoughtfully crafted life. Mm -hmm. So I think oftentimes we forget that part. And we need to remind ourselves that and almost maybe incorporate it into our daily affirmations. Just remind ourselves daily. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to what we've been saying before, where you are the person that can start something. Mm -hmm. And you're the only one that can invest in you appropriately. Nobody else can do it for you. Um, it's like nobody else. I mean, people can brush your teeth, but you, nobody wants to. <laughs> people can, you know, wipe your yeah. butt, but you, nobody wants to. Yeah. Um, you have to take care of some things, and your inner being is something you have to take care of. Nobody else can. Nobody else can enter your body and do it for you. Exactly. But yeah. Um. Uh, on to our hippy dippy astrology. Um, this one in honor of our Valentine's Day, because you know it's tomorrow when this comes out. Um, I thought it would be fun to share a little thing that I found about the Stark constellations for love. Oh, and it's four stories that are written in the stars, and I will have it where you guys can find it to read it all cuz I don't want to we don't unfortunately don't have time to do all of it but in the modern era we have many sayings that equate the stars to love star-crossed lovers or written in the stars this is part of the article um so four romantic constellations for love and it's the story of Andromeda and Perseus Queen Bernice and Altair and Vega. And so if you go to this site, you'll be able to read about. Um, so for Andromeda and Perseus, two lovers forever immortalized in the glittering stars. And that's in the Northern Hemisphere. And you'll be able to read about the other 
two stories that I told you about. So check them out. Constellations, Constellations for Love. I don't think I ever... I mean, I think I knew that, that that there were constellations for love. I don't think I ever thought of that. It's kind of cool. When, so I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, Northwest, if I can talk. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and we would always go to like Mount Hood or we would go um, down to the Willamette uh, River and stuff like that. and. Um, we had a good population of Native Americans in our area, which was awesome. And, um, we had on an, okay, uh, several times we had them come in, but this one particular was a story, um, of a Native American story, um, about Mount Hood and Mount St. Helens and Mount Bachelor. Because they're all like right there. And it's about two brothers who. um, They were the best of friends kind of thing. But they fell in love with the same woman. And this woman. She she kind of played both of them. And the story I'm, I'm totally paraphrasing. But she kind of played both of them. And um, so the gods got upset with her because she was creating this, you know, conflict. And um the eldest brother who was kind of a hothead, they they made into Mount St. Helens. And um the girl they made into Mount Hood and the other one they made into I think it was Mount Bachelor. If not, it was Rainier. One of those two. Because they're they're both kind of in the thing, but Mount Hood is in the middle. So forever she was in the middle of these two, and occasionally the 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 two brothers still fight, and Mount St. Helens blows his top. Oh. It's kind of funny to think about <laughs> it that way, but it's yeah. true. Mount St. Helens always blows his top yeah. every once in a while, right? Um, Even in my lifespan, it's... What erupted two, three times? Yeah, I think so. In their in the eighties, um. So it's fun to think about nature stories from other cultures and our own, right? That put on a different perspective and have like the love. That is good and the love that can turn out bad, like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um, I have some inspiring news for us, too. Ooh. Um, this is about a gal who finds lost and missing pets for no monetary increase. So what she does, she has a drone that can um, seek out body temperatures like a thermo, and she tracks down with the thermal imaging these pets and um, doesn't charge for them, like, to find them because she believes every... I, mean, I want to put this in really well. Um, she doesn't accept a penny for her work 
saying that the joy when an owner is reunited with her animal is all the reward she needs. That is so I thought that was really cool. Cute. I love that. And that's what something, I mean, you, you have the technology. You can go out maybe an hour or two or however long and that you can, right, and, and search for something for someone or, you know, help them feel better about their day. I think it also improves our community when we are selfless like that. It restores my faith and probably other people's faith in humanity. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think there's anything wrong about helping people and, and getting money for it. Like if that's your business. Yeah. Um, But I just because you can doesn't mean you should. If you have the resources, it's not your job but you want to help your neighbor out, you should. I just thought it was so odd and sad that when you have lost, you see the lost pet signs and all that, and your reward, you know, however, you know, thousands of thousand dollars, $25,000. Yeah, and I'm like, wow, is your pet not worth that much money? I mean, absolutely. people love their animals. Our pets are. But, we would be. Why, we would, why, oh, why we is, do you have to have a monetary reward for people to return animals? Right. Shouldn't they do that out of the goodness of their heart? I know that if I found someone's lost animal, I'd be like, no, keep your money. Right. Why? I don't need your money. Well, we found, uh, this was years ago when we lived down south. We found a pit bull mix. She was the cutest dog ever. And we took her home with us because it was late at night. We knocked on all these doors. We were like, I have no, we have no idea where you belong. And then um, friends of ours that live in that area, they were like, well, they have this like pet, like pet neighborhood kind of thing. And we'll, we'll put a, you know, a note on it. And we found the owner. and. Like, we had got a, the dog a new collar because her collar was, like, all ratty. And it, we were just, like, obviously is due for a new collar kind of thing. And um, the owner, when they picked him up or picked her up, she was, like, or they were, like, um, first off, the dog was, like, so excited because that was his dad, Aww, you know? Yeah. Um, but he was like, let me pay you. And I was like, no. And he's like, well, let me at least pay you for the collar. And then we were like, no. <laughs> like, we would hope that if somebody found our dogs, they would treat them the same way. Yeah. But. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. You're welcome. Well. I think. Shall we dive right in? Yeah, let's dive in. Splish Splash, we're diving into the main topic. Did so, you, oh. No, go ahead. <laughs> I'm like, did you? <laughs> um, did you know that the first, in the Merriam-Webster, the first time Valentine's Day was recorded was in 1668? I did not. The actual terminology of. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Random nugget to start us off. I love it. It goes way back. Oh, yeah. 
Um, did you find in your research that there was a lot, I mean, a lot of avenues for this? There was an overwhelming amount of tidbits, facts, it, just, oh my goodness. I was like, oh, you could, could go, this go way. down oh, this way. many rabbit holes for Valentine's Day. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, well, I'm not going to go over everything. <laughs> Uh, so you guys can go down your own rabbit holes if you want to know the history yeah. of Valentine's Day or, you we'll know, put fun up little... some links. Yes. Y'all can start going through them. There's so many interesting facts about it. A lot of things that I did not know. Same. Same. I mean, there's there's the common knowledge facts. Sure. Of, you know, you know, what it's named after. I did not know the first valentine's day date you know yeah um but well let me ask you this what do you think when you hear valentine's day like what are the images that pop into your head i think of you know the the cupid with the bow and arrow cupid baby you know (laughs) um pink and red hearts um couples <laughs> uh, no trauma. Love. There. Can you tell who's the single one over here? <laughs> love. Uh, unfortunately, candy, chocolates, fluffies, fluffies. Oh, yeah, like, like the teddy bears oh, and stuff, stuff like yeah. that. Um, we call them stuffies in our house. <laughs> we call them babies. Uh. So, you know, the generic. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what I thought. Love. Because I thought of, like you said, lovers holding hands and smiling, um, which I've had mixed emotions about through my whole life. <laughs> um, families having fun together and doing cute little things for one another to show how much they care. Um, I think of not just our families, but those... Um, We think of family that may not necessarily be blood related. So extending it out to our friends in our community. Acts of love and kindness. I think of kindness, but that's something that I've evolved to, right? Because I think we're preconditioned in school, right? We always have Valentine's Day and you have to bring I don't they don't do as much as they used to, thankfully. Where you have to like make your little mailbox and decorate it and then you'd have to like get everybody a valentine's i think they do that in still do that but i think they do it in the younger grades oh we have older kids now sure but i i so, we had to do it like all the way up until what sophomore year high school really oh yeah and then you had I wouldn't then you know, had roses but... that you could buy, chocolate roses. <laughs> and I was like, Ugh, don't buy me chocolate roses. Smell My chocolate. son, they did they they made the box that they had to make a box and you decorate the box all the way up until he left elementary school. Like they were mm. doing that. So I maybe it's different with it where you live, but Hayden doesn't. I don't I don't know. I don't think There's... they've made anything since middle of elementary school. Really? Of course we had COVID. 
Well, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> the lovely COVID got in the way. <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing on this one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I. Then you pick up your kid and they're all in a sugar high and you're like, uh, oh, dear goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that there are a lot of schools that still do those. Maybe they're not quite I like as the elaborate, coloring but... ones. You can color and do like the cutesy like word things, like the word searches. Oh yeah, Valentine's, and then like I like that stuff because then they're not super sugared up, <laughs> and they're learning something still. Yeah, weird. But I hated, I hated that. They would always have you write each kid's name on the Valentine's to this kid from your child's name. And I'm like, does it really matter? Just throw it in there. Well, it's like little mailbox. But it's a popularity thing. Do you Which remember? I hate. Which I hate. I don't know if it's the same, but it was definitely like, I have more Valentine's than you yeah. do. And it's like, so you're probably going to be sick at the end of the day. And I'm not. <laughs> and I... I was homeschooled, so I did not have this experience, but I have heard that as you like in high school and all that, you know, oh, this person's lock locker was decorated better than this person. So they are more loved than that person. And which I thought was absolutely. I no, it just means that their word. friends, <laughs> their friends like to do stuff like that. <laughs> I just think it's a waste of time and money. Oh yeah, but absolutely. I, I've always disliked Valentine's Day as a parent because it's stressful to me. It's a financial burden to me that I have to go out and buy thirty plus Valentines. Plus, oh, you got to get something for the teacher, right? And your kid only likes maybe two people in the class. Right. <laughs> You're like, uh. And now, so now I'm like, oh, I don't buy goodness. Valentine's in for everybody I work with. And I'm praying that they don't do that because that would just be ridiculous because he's got seven, you know, eight classes with how many kids in each class. So I'm praying that they don't do that crap in well, junior high. <laughs> you just opt out. <laughs> I'm not doing that. That's what I did. There was a certain point that I hit that I was like, I understand that this would be really good and you probably should bring this, but I can't do that. So I'm opting out because I would rather buy a jug of milk. Right. I'll do something for him. Sure. And I think not that's for important. hundreds of kids in his school. Thank right. you. Anyways, if he has one or two friends that he wants to get something for small, sure. But no, yeah. not the whole class. <laughs> but then you can get something a little bit more meaningful instead yeah. of a slip of paper that, with a candy that get you thrown away. Like. Oh, yeah. It's going to be recycled. Parents are going to be like, recycle, recycle, recycle. Mm -hmm. Well, unless they don't recycle, then it'll be thrown away. But yeah. Yeah. That was a tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Tangents are okay. It's, it's topic related. Hey, it's safe. I think it is safe to say that no one really stops and gives much thought about why we started celebrating Valentine's Day. Yeah. I never did. At this point. I think it's something that is always, and I think it's safe to say, is always been done and now expected. Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't love me, so you didn't buy me that diamond ring that I don't need because I'm never going to wear it. Or I do need because you're going to marry me. <laughs> That's different. Do you know what I mean? Or a teddy bear that I'm going to put somewhere on my shelf or give it to DI later. 
You didn't bring me home roses. Why didn't you bring me home roses? Well, that's a good question. Why didn't you bring me home roses? I love flowers, though. But I'm also that kid that's like, um, certain flowers make me have a like allergy attack. So oh. spots like, what about these ones? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, those will work. But I, my point was that it, it becomes when did it become that holiday that if you have your to do significant this? other didn't bring home roses or flowers or then you're gonna the dump. diamond necklace that they can't afford or maybe they can but and then you're gonna dump them yeah or they're, or gonna they're dump mad you. when they're married they're mad and they're like what did i do like <laughs> well you said we had negative 30 dollars in our <laughs> bank account and i decided my valentine's day present to you is not going further into debt or you have the the one spouse or significant other that's not into valentine's day and just wants to have a night at home but that's because that's their love language and the other person is so that's not their love language and then i think it's fine but then you have to have that conversation you do and oh people want to like keep it um i think it's okay to have some things be a surprise right Mm -hmm. but i think it's also important to make sure your partner is on or family or Whoever you're celebrating this holiday with, because it doesn't have to be a partner. It could be your best friend. It can be your child. It can be your parents. It It can can be be your sibling. It can be yourself. But to have that conversation, even if it's just with you. Okay, I normally I work until five. Maybe I can see if I can get off at three so that I can prep everything that I need you know, maybe I'm going to make myself a fancy meal or maybe we're going to make a fancy meal together. Um, I told Spot for, you know, our Valentines, I don't like being around a, a ton of people. It drains me. I'm an introvert. Um, It's really hard on me. I can do it in short bursts because I enjoy being with people. Don't get me wrong. But it's all it's very overwhelming to me sometimes energy wise. So I prefer to not fight with people on Valentine's Day for a table, etc. Starve myself before I can eat to do it at home. It's more meaningful for me anyways, because I enjoy being with the people that I love and care about. Without having all of the extra energy. So. Valentine's Day, I was like, hey, can you see if you can get off early? Because I he wants to learn how to cook. He's been fearful this whole time, and I make him do things here and there. Or he's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to brave making meatballs. But then I have to help him make meatballs because he gets nervous at certain points. Bless that man's heart. <laughs> it is. It's cute. It's cute. Um, and he was like, I want to learn how to cook without having you there. Like, your confidence there. Which I was like, that's fine. Just know that my confidence for cooking came at me messing up a ton. And I still mess up, you know. Because it's it's all practice and figuring out what works well together. And you're like, well, maybe this will taste good. And you're like, no, that did not. Or, oh, that's the best thing ever, right? So I told them, okay, we're going to do a master class. Not that there are sponsors, but we're going to do a master class. And I picked out two things, like an 
an appetizer kind of thing, an actual meal, entree from this person. And um, we're going to watch the intro of it. So we've been watching um, Hell's, not Hell's Kitchen. It is with Gordon Ramsay, but it's the Kitchen Nightmares on uh, Hulu. I think it's on Hulu. Anyways, so it's with Gordon Ramsay, the master class kind of thing. And and his face just lit up when I was like, so we're going to do that and other things. Like, I have other things planned, but I, I need you to be done about three-ish. Because for me, I, I try not to eat over 5.36 o'clock for my body to work well. But it's okay to, what I'm trying to say with that story, long story, rabbit hole, is that it's okay to talk to your partner, to whomever you're going to spend time with or yourself and say, this is what I need from you. Even if it's going to be like, hey, I have something planned. I need you available from this time to this time. And, it, and to get it on the books. It's okay to do that. Because what if they book something because, the, oh, this person's not going to do anything with me and I don't want to sit at home. And do absolutely nothing. Yeah. Or maybe you get to that time point if you're celebrating it with yourself and loving yourself, like we talked about last week. Um, maybe instead of because you don't have anything planned, I'm just going to get in my pajamas and watch TV. You can be like, OK, I have these things planned and I really want to do them for myself. So have it have it on your to-do list and put it in your calendar. Like, this is what I'm doing. Book it. Because then you'll do at it. home self-care night, you know. Oh, yeah. Make yourself a spa. little body spa. So much fun. Yeah. Favorite, if you drink, favorite wine. If you don't like wine, your favorite cocktail. If you don't want to drink alcohol, your favorite mocktail or a glass of juice. Whatever makes you comfortable. Yeah. Some Something. tea. Yeah. Oh, tea at night. Oh, so good. Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. Whatever it is you want. Yeah, throw it in there and and take a nice little bath and reset and show and pamper yourself. But put it on the books. Yeah. Even if it's the day before, put it on the books. That way you get it done. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But for our discussion, where to begin? I mean... One can start in the Middle Ages when Prince Charles de Orleans sent his wife a Valentine's during his incarceration in the Tower of London. And that was about the 15th century. So I thought I saw that fact and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I, I thought of New Orleans. I was like, oh, okay. But he didn't, I didn't write this fact down. So I, I didn't because there were so many, but it didn't arrive until much later, right? Yes. And she actually, he never saw her alive after. His incarceration because she passed away during the time. I thought that was really sad. So sad. Um, but it it's older than that. It's and it has a lot of different theories in the history of Valentine's as we know it. Like I found that there were not just one, but three people with the Valentine name in history that it could be on. Um, one was a priest who during, um, I think it was the 5th century, who was marrying people 
even though the king banned it because he thought his warriors were better single single men. Which, <laughs> that made me laugh. I was like, that's probably worse. Because now he's going to have like five people he's pining over instead of like one. Come on. <laughs> that was such bull crap. <laughs> I had to laugh about that one. I just, well, I won't go down a different rabbit no, hole. So. No, we're just going to gloss around <laughs> over that one. But I, I saw that and went, oh, what um, the? <laughs> and then one that wrote a letter to his jailer's daughter. Um, who he had fallen in love with as she visited him daily. I mean, there's all these different theories. But from what I gleaned, and I'm sure you're going to go in a different path, but from what I gleaned, um, it it goes back to the early Romans and Greeks. Um, so for me, I'm going to focus on the celebration of Lupercalia. Did you find anything about Lupercalia? I saw that. Um... But I, I knew that you were going into the history, and so I focused more on fun facts. Which is funny because I said I knew you were doing fun facts, and so I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do yeah. history. So Look I'll let you talk about the history. Hey, it's like we planned it, but we didn't. We just know each other that well. Yeah. Um. So Lupercalia. This is from Wiki. Um, was a pastoral festival of ancient Rome. It was observed annually from February 13th through the 15th. And it was a celebration of purification and promoting health and fertility. Um, it also kind of goes into why we call February, February. Because Lupercalia was also known as Dies Februatus. Um, after the purification instrument called Februa. And it's based on the month Feb. Februarius. It's me trying to use my Portuguese to pronounce Latin. <laughs> I love it. Um, Is that why they make it difficult to spell too? Yeah. <laughs> you always have to pronounce it as it's written to spell it right. Because if you yep. just say February, you don't think there's an R. Yeah. Because we kind of make it super silent, which I'm sorry to everybody who is learning English and is like, why? <laughs> Because, like, in Portuguese, you pronounce it, you know? But anyways, different tangent. Um, so Lupercalia. I'm going to skip some of the history parts because it's a lot of rambling. But it was, it was performed in a cave. Lupercal cave. Um, and central to Rome, it's kind of where they believe Rome was birthed, okay? Um, from the Romina goddess of breastfeeding and the wild fig tree, Romulus. Um, so, what they would do, they would sacrifice a male goat and a dog because looper, like like werewolves, you know how we call you're taking that. Mm -hmm. I think this is where we werewolves came up from, but the looper kai is what it comes from. So they would do a goat and a dog, and it was a goat dog under the supervision of the chief priest that was Jupiter's chief priest. 
Um, and they would make um, salted meal cakes that were pre- um, prepared and provided by the virgins the, that were consecrated to be so um, after the blood sacrifice. And then two, Luperci approached the altar. Luperci were the priests. Um, their foreheads were anointed with um, blood from the sacrificial knife. And then they were wiped with wool soaked in milk. And their exception of the ceremony was to laugh. They were expected to laugh, which I think would be really gross. And then they would have their their feast. And then um, from the flayed skin and the animal, they these young men that they set apart to be Luperci, they would run in the streets pretty much naked or naked. And they would go in an anti-clockwise direction and they would strike um, mostly mostly women and children to be and and lands to bring fertility. Um, it was thought and women would accept this because it was thought if you wanted to be pregnant, you would if you got smacked with this sacrificial meat that was set apart to be sacred, um, you would become pregnant. And if you were pregnant, that you would have a great pe- pregnancy. So you wanted to be hit by this. This, this meat. so weird. It is really weird. <laughs> um, and that would complete it. So, How did this turn into our modern day Valentine? What the heck? <laughs> so that's where the feasting comes from. What? Right. To go out because what we go out to dinner and we and we sorry, which is making me laugh. We would go out to dinner and we would do all of these things. That's where the become a becoming a feast and the time slot of the 13th, 14th and 15th came from was way back. Not that we do this now, thank goodness. But you know, it's where I mean lovers come into play because you're wanting to be pregnant um and to be f- fertile and abundant in your in your love but also for your land so it's taking it's taking in bulk which is the first festival of and celebration not really a festival but celebration of spring we're starting to see little green shoots pop up a little bit here and there. The It's still really cold, but we're starting to feel the shift. And it's taking that mentality and, and putting it with, okay, we're going to be fertile and abundant and do everything we can to, to have the babies, to have a great crop, to you're laying the foundation. So to have a foundation for a human would be to have love. Hopefully not lust, but love. <laughs> so that's where that comes from, um, which I, I thought was very interesting. No, I had no idea. That is so weird. <laughs> I can't get my head around that. <laughs> <laughs> well, then let me let me go into this and this will probably help you um, go into your section. Who is Cupid? Right? Because you're like, well, how did we get from there to that? Well, we had a certain things. So this is from the Greek side of things. 
Um, in Greek mythology, Eros. Okay, so Eros was the prime primeval cosmo. I don't know how to say that, anyways. But it was a deity um, born of the world egg. Um, Eros varies in lineage. Um, some say that he's the son of Nyx and Erebus, or Aphrodite and Ares, or Eris and Zephyrus, or even Aphrodite and Zeus. So, you know, he's confused. Um, so armed with a bow and quaver, like we always see him, right? Nowadays. Arrow struck the hearts of gods and mortals and played with their emotions. Um, if you go into mythology, you have where Cupid shot a golden arrow at Apollo, who fell madly in love with the nymph, Daphne, and then launched an arrow at Daphne, so she would be, like, repulsed by him. Okay, so that's kind of where we see it start. So when do we start seeing him as a cherub? Um, that's mostly during the Victorian times that we start seeing this immortal um, turn into the mischievous, playful child, um, which is when we start seeing how we perceive Valentine's Day. Which, when you think about it, in the world of... Because in the Middle Ages, they did do, you know, like, the letters and things like that, but it wasn't such a big deal like it is now. It was only in the 19th century. And in human history, that's a pretty short amount of time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I saw one of the things I saw about Cupid was that he um, had two sets of arrows, one for love and one for hate, and he would toy with the emotions. Mm -hmm. of people. Well, that's what he did with uh, Apollo and Daphne. Little, little devil child. <laughs> but if you think about it, technically the Greeks thought of him as like this handsome. God playing. Yeah. And I guess because he, he had Greek origins. And then yeah. I guess it wasn't until his stories of mischief were adapted by, into the Romans that he um, kind of switched over into the childlike features that we know now. Um, a little chubby baby with the wings and the arrow and the yeah and cemented yes. in the victorian time yeah and so it yeah. stayed that way so i thought that was interesting like a lot of things they evolve and and adapt it's kind of like what made me think of when i read that it made me think of the game telephone where yes. you start one thing and then it just Absolutely. keeps changing until you come up with the final product and this is what this is what we have now so right um but uh so yeah there's there are so many things with associated with valentine's day that we cannot possibly go over them all but there were just a few random facts that i found that i thought were interesting 
um, how just an estimate? How many card Valentine's Day cards do you think? Not the little, yeah, the little actual card, cards. little what? Are, I read billions. Uh, what are those things called? The the what we're talking about earlier? Yeah, the little slips. Yeah, the little things that they put in the candy things. The um, kids. The yeah, the thirty pack. Yeah, the why can Valentine I not think of the slips word? The little Valentine's Day um, cards. Tear apart cards that they put in their little Valentine's Day boxes. We're not talking about those. We're talking about actual cards that you would give to people or mail to people. How many estimate do you think? Billions. Yeah, they said that there's approximately 148 million Valentine's Day cards given each year. Oh, yeah. And according to Hallmark, that makes Valentine's Day the second most popular card-giving holiday, second to Christmas, which mm-hmm. I totally believe. It's insane. That's what I saw, too. That it's, Christmas beats um, Valentine's. Which makes sense because... But Mother's Day and Easter and everything else is, like, way down there. Which is not cool because you're supposed to be sending your mother's cards, people. Yeah, she birthed you. Come on. Uh, and it makes sense because people send out family Christmas cards and all that. So sure, I mean it makes sense. The obligated cards. <laughs> I don't do that, but I try. <laughs> uh, but my dad, growing up, he would always give each of us as kids a card on yeah. Valentine's Day, which yeah. I loved. I got a little chocolate thing all the time. Oh. My dad loves chocolate, though. <laughs> doesn't send us cards anymore i don't think i don't remember dad if you're listening why don't i get a card anymore (laughs) (laughs) i really liked getting a card from you (laughs) that is so funny um i don't think he listens unless i send him the episode okay well send him the episode so you can get a card um Uh. Another interesting fact, because you were asking, like, how did we get to where we are now? Mm-hmm. Um, in later from when we were talking about Lupercalia, um, Rome, uh, let's see, later in the day, according to legend, all the young women in the city would place their names in a big urn, and the city's bachelors would choose a name. And be compared for the year. Yes, I saw that. With this chosen woman. These matches often ended in marriage. I mean, after a year, man, you got stuff figured out. (laughs) Or you're like, dear goodness. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I think the apple bobbing that we talked about during Samhain, I would prefer that way over spending a year with a person that (laughs) may or may not be a good person. (laughs) You picked their name out of a yearn. Sorry, um, keep going. Let's see. Oh, so the the sweethearts candy, the chalky candy that you that's a pretty much a staple of Valentine's Day. Uh that started out as I was shocked by this. It started out as a okay, I can never pronounce this. A lozenge? Lozenger? What? A lozenger? Is that what it is? Yes. Like the cough drop yeah. type of thing? The lozenger. There's no R at the end of Look, it. Look, I just know how to I just know how to say it that way. 
I always thought it was lozenges. Okay, yours sounds better. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I morphed it because I couldn't say it. I do stuff Uh, like that. But it started out as... I'm going to say cough drop. (laughs) Like a cough drop. Um, So... They taste like a cough drop. Hey, don't hate on them. I like them. I don't hate on them. I used to love them. They do not taste like a cough drop. I love them. What are you talking about? They're like chalky cough drop they taste like chalk okay <laughs> um anyways <laughs> i'm i stepping I away i will defend i'm stepping away sweethearts <laughs> candy is till till but they're, I- they're iconic and they're really hard to find they've been replaced by that brand because you're gonna break your teeth Bra- on brax bra whatever that other brand is but it's not the true it's like a fruity flavor instead of the traditional flavor chalk flavor and it drives me nuts those break your teeth i know they do but they're still good they should make them like this um soft peppermint it doesn't have taste like peppermint Uh, yeah you're right but that would be make it better i probably would appreciate it more Anybody's but anyways, <laughs> uh, according to the Food Business News, a pharmacist and inventor named Oliver Chase created a machine that would quickly create the lozenges before switching to using the machine to create candy, later known as, do you say it, Neko? Wafers. Okay. Um, Chase's brother came up with the idea to print the messages on the candy in 1866, and the candies got their heart shape in 1901, appealing specifically to a Valentine's Day sweethearts. Um, and this number did not shock me. Eight billion conversation hearts are produced. Annually. Maybe that's where I got billion. Probably. Hmm. Did Sorry, you spot? I just sniffled. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There's no tissues down here. I forgot to replenish them. Sorry, that's my fault. Uh, Did you know that um, the exchanging of handmade Valentines, which is from like the 1700s, was mass produced by a woman? No. Yeah. Esther A. Howland. I think that's how you say her name. In the 1840s, became one of the first to sell the mass-produced Valentine in America. She is known as the mother of Valentine. Um, she made elaborate creations with real lace. This is where we get the lacy look. Real lace, ribbons, and colorful pictures known as scrap. And is, that is it. Sorry, is this mass-produced Valentines like the ones that the kids give out? Or are we talking about like, like the old school with lace? Because you know, didn't you ever have like the heart doily looking things? Maybe. That so that's how she made them. She would make them in a heart shape in lace, and she would put like the cute little pictures of different scrap stuff, and then she would mass produce them. Okay. I mean, this is in the 1840s. That's how they would mass produce. That's awesome. Go women. I think we forget that sometimes, though. Yeah. I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a pattern here. Thanksgiving became a thing because yeah. of a woman. Valentine's mass produced Valentine's became a thing because of women. Women power. I'm just putting it in. Cheers <laughs> to womanhood, you know? Right? 
Yeah. Uh, chocolate, you know, because we all love chocolate. Oh, dark chocolate is my favorite. <laughs> uh, the Valentine's Day tradition of giving a box of a cho- uh, box of candy or chocolate was started in the 19th century by none other than Richard Cadbury, a descendant like Cadbury eggs, mm-hmm, a descendant of the British chocolate manufacturing family. Well, thank you, because we would egg. we would have chalky <laughs> hearts if it yeah. were nothing else. Uh, yeah, so they the manufacturing the family of Cadbury's that manufacture Cadbury eggs uh, came up with some new techniques at their company to create a more elaborate variety of chocolate. And Cadbury capitalized on that opportunity to sell chocolates in a variety of chocolates in a heart-shaped box. Okay, this one I'm okay with because I, <laughs> again, really love chocolate. I, some of the mixtures I'm not a fan of, and I give those to other people. <laughs> that makes it so you eat less. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I find I do that with my dogs, too. Not with chocolate, but with, like, other, was like, other treats, <laughs> like chips and stuff. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to eat this, but... I know that the four dogs will help me eat it, so I'm not going to eat as much of it. <laughs> That's how I rationalize. Yeah, and that is how chocolate and the giving of heart-shaped chocolate or any kind of chocolate in a box. And if you buy it now, well, if you buy it now, you're, you're kind you're, of you're late. But, <laughs> but if you wait until the day after, <laughs> you're set yeah. for like a month. Don't buy it it's, so much that you don't. You're going to get sick. It's always better to wait until the day after Valentine's to buy any kind of candy because it's on sale. Yeah. You can wait a day. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Especially if you're like, I noticed not a lot of people like dark chocolate. Oh, dark chocolate's the only That's way my to favorite. go. But anyway. And it's healthier for you. It is healthier. Um, If I wait until after, my dark chocolate doesn't cost $20. It costs $5. There you go. <laughs> I don't care if it's a heart shape. I'll eat it. It's just the same. <laughs> um, did you have a challenge for us? I do. It's a throwdown. It's a challenge. We've got something for you. I'm excited to you hear it. Too. So it's actually not related at all to Valentine's Day. Eh, that's all right. <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, Something that I am personally working on, and so I wanted to extend the challenge to everybody, because why not? Come along with me. Yeah. Uh, I that way am... everybody's energy of working on it yeah. feeds each other Yeah, and supports each other. I mean, all other. of our challenges we we do together, of course, yeah. but it's something that some I better, started. Some better than others. <laughs> I started already, and I've been doing it for this whole month, um, and so... I was like, well, you know, why not you know, <laughs> invite everybody to come along? Yeah. Um, I have been physically, and you've, you've already started kind of doing yeah. things along the way. And so maybe this is where I got my inspiration. But I have been physically and emotionally and mentally, because we have already established that mentally and emotionally are different things. Yeah. <laughs> For us, at least. They're very close, too. <laughs> yes. They're intertwined. And if you want to as well spiritually, if you were so inclined, yeah. I'm not there yet, but you know, 
That's all I right. I am doing a cleanse. I'm trying to cleanse mentally, physically, spiritually, cleanse myself for a variety of reasons. And I would I wanted to invite everybody else to join along with me in that cleanse. For right now, I'm just doing it for 30 days. But of course you can go longer than that if you'd like. And however you want to do it, I'm not gonna say this is what you have to do. You have to do this, 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 and this. No, no, no. Just whatever you're working on. <laughs> whatever it means for you. Yeah. For me, physically, it means that I am working on drinking more water and eliminating certain things and trying to cleanse my body of impurifications. Get your toxins out. That's the word I'm looking for. And then mentally creating a space in my home that is mentally better for me by way of purging things out of my house that are causing me mental stress. Peace and relaxation. Like a space that's your space. No one else's. So whatever it means for you, do for you. I would would add to that and add something that will help you remember what you're working on. Whether, you know, you put like a little thing on your mirror. um, This is what we're working on. Or um, in Valentine's honor, you can take, um, make yourself a, a bouquet. And because you can, all flowers have different meanings. And you can make yourself a bouquet that tells you something uplifting to help you succeed. Yeah, like you can that. just put those little different symbols out for you um, that will trigger you to remember your goals. Goal, goals, one of those two, whichever you're working on. Sometimes we have to break it down to like the smallest of smalls when we're first starting out. And sometimes we can have like the overwhelming big goal because we worked up to that spot. So just give yourself something that's a reminder that you can see every day that uplifts you, that helps motivate you to purge and cleanse and that's a really great tie back to Lupercalia it was I know they did a crazy thing in terms of sacrificing a goat (laughs) and I don't put that down whatever to your belief but um their whole purpose was to purify and purge and this is a good time to purify and purge so that you can show love and kindness in um in a beautiful way instead of whatever's left over kind of way does that make sense mm-hmm. absolutely but, um to go into our q a you've heard enough about us let's get a little bit from you here's your q a and your polls sip your tea let's chat a while are you a lover of valentine's day or are you a hater of Single Awareness Day? Like me. <laughs> um, I personally am a lover of Valentine's Day, but 
but not in the traditional commercialized way. I don't think it's necessary to get to go into debt and get all these extravagant gifts and go out to a meal and then be like, how am I going to pay this tomorrow? And then probably break up because you're fighting over it. I'm I'm not saying that what's going to happen, but I I tap into more of focusing on the people that I love and care about and taking it as an opportunity to show how much I love. I love to give people things anyways. Um, but I like to give things that are personal to them. Um, like I'm walking in the store and I see something golden girls. I'm going to get it for AJ cause she loves golden <laughs> girls. You know what I mean? Um, or, you know, Hey, I'm making myself this really cool scarf and I, I want my friend to have it too. Or I want this person to have it too. Or, you know? So it's just an opportunity to purge out everything beforehand. I would say take time in preparation of Valentine's to, just to kind of extend the challenge a little bit. In preparation of Valentine's, take a moment and purge out and work through some of those triggers that make it harder for Valentine's Day and celebrate on Valentine's Day the people that you love and you should be included in that love and then go from there. Yeah, and I, I am or I was. Because I'm the one that, I'm not the one that coined this, but I'm the one that put, are you a hater of Single Awareness Day? I thought it was cute. Because <laughs> um, I was always the one that was like, oh my God, it's Valentine's Day. I hate Valentine's Day. I'd be like, anti-February 14th, wear black instead of pink, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally all black. I'd show up to work in all black because I'm like, I hate this day. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's because of my past. It's because... Even when I was married, it was a negative day because I wasn't getting what I thought that I deserved. I wasn't receiving flowers. I wasn't getting the love and attention that I thought I deserved. But some of those things you did deserve. (laughs) I know your story. Well, that's so when you say (laughs) when you say it that way, there's some there's sometimes well that you do deserve certain things. But I understand what you're saying. But yeah, but I think, yes, but I, even now, not not right now, but as an adult, I just, I always hated the day, and I think I was just projecting my negative thoughts yeah. on it to everybody, but now that I'm a mother, and I see my child, he loves holidays. He's that kid. We've had this discussion. He's that annoying kid that loves the ho- all the holidays. <laughs> so I'm learning to love it. Fine. That's good. So I'm, but that's part of your purging and, yes. you know, so purifying. I, my, your point of find what works for you, that's what I was trying to say, is I'm trying to find what works for me. Yeah. And learn to love it in a new way. Yeah. And so just, are, are you a lover or are you a hater of it? And maybe just tweak it a little bit. Yeah. And learn to love it in a new way. In a new way. I think that's what life is about. But we love you and we're so grateful for 
your support. And we hope you have a blessed day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging with AJ. And A-Ray, we hope we've brought a little fun, sass, and joy into your lives. For more information about our episodes, us, and what we may be up to, please visit our website at wanderingmusings.my.canva.site. That's wanderingmusings.my.canva.site. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Cheers to womanhood! Ciao! Thank you for your support of our podcast. Original music composition written and performed by Gregory Anderson and used with permission from Anderson Media.